Hello, children of the Most High, ever-loving, living God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. Today, we are going to be... Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me. Today, we are going to be going over Deuteronomy chapter 2, and I entitled this Bible study today, You Get a Torah, Everybody Gets a Torah, Everyone is Offered the Torah, but Not Everyone Accepts This. Now, I know this may be a radical thought to some, you know, every person here on earth being offered the Torah of the only living God, but I believe in this Bible study, we will be able to show through scripture how merciful Hashem, the great I am, and always will be, intended his Torah for everybody, but not everyone was willing to accept it. Before we get into a Bible study, let's begin with a praise and a raise to our Almighty Father who is in heaven. Father God, in the blessed name of you and you alone, we thank you for being with us today. We thank you for guiding us and watching over us. We thank you for your shelter and your provision. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and your grace. We thank you for sheltering us under your opinions. We thank you for your love, for your counsel, and we thank you for being the great I am and always will be. We know that you are a sovereign ruling God. You are in control of every single thing, and when anything comes to pass, you always work things out for the greater good of all those who love you and who call on you and you alone and who know you by name. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. We thank you for these 10 days of repentance, of teshuva, and allowing us to come closer and closer to you with each and every day. 
We thank you, Lord, that you made grace possible at the very beginning. You made repentance possible for our salvation and the forgiveness of our sins because you are our Savior. You are our Lord. You are our King. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We exalt you. For you and you alone are the only one who is worthy. We pray this all in your merciful, glorious name. Baruch Hashem. Amen. Hello, children of the Most High and only living God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. I'm so excited to be here beginning on the second Bible study of season five. Um, let's get into this. We already went over our historical portion by portion, which I was aided by my own personal and I'm sharing this. I am not uh, paid to endorse nor affiliated. I'm merged. I'm mercifully <laughs> I'm just sharing um, what I love and what I have to help assist others who are getting out of maybe the Christianity pagan idolatry part of the world and you are learning that we are supposed to serve only one and one God alone for it is written in the very beginning part of the commandments right um, so I'm sharing with others some of the resources that I have currently and so it can help others. Amen and amen. This is my own personal copy of Torah Portia by Portion by Seymour Rochelle. I enjoy this. I feel it's really easy to understand. It's easy to comprehend. It's easy to read. It's easy, easy to study with. So I use this when I go over my Torah portions in my own personal study time, but as well for the Bible study. The next item I have for us learning in the Bible study is my own personal Tanakh. Um, some might call it the Jewish Bible, but if you search for the Jewish Bible on the internet, you're going to get a lot of um, Jewish Bibles. Basically, it's this. If it has the New Testament in it, it is not the Tanakh and it is not the Jewish Bible. So I encourage others, if you are um, moving out of that realm of being under idolatry and paganism and witchcraft and sorcery of the Christianity um, whole system, I encourage others to go to the source alone from where it is written and which every word relies on, the great I am word. And you can find this in a Tanakh. This is my own personal stone edition copy. I purchased this one off of Amazon but I am leaning towards getting out of ordering from Amazon. So from further, I will be ordering my books off of thriftbooks.com and Art Scroll itself or Ben Israel, who I really, really, really enjoy uh, their version of their um, transliteration books. All right. So yes, this is the Tanakh. Amen and amen. The next hard copy book 
that I use um, in aiding in assisting me in learning of the Bible study is the blue stone. You can see it's blue edition of the Torah. And I say blue just because the blue stone Torah, because there are different um, stone editions. I've seen the brown one. I've seen the reddish one. I've seen the beautiful emerald green one. <laughs> I love it. Um, so just so others would know which one I'm in specifically talking about. In case you're listening on the podcast uh, on Spotify and not watching the actual video. So this is my uh, personal copy that I purchased of my own means. I'm not paid to endorse them. I affiliated with any of these of the Torah. I like it. I love it. I always want some more of it. I think it is absolutely beautiful and well done, able to understand clearly. And I love the back of it because it has all these beautiful pictures and diagrams to understand. Like right here, for instance, this is important because we're going to be going over bloodlines a little bit in this Bible study. Um, but this goes over the family line of Moses right and we're gonna go over a little bit of the family line of Moses in relation to his cousin brother adopted almost son lot <laughs> so that's why Baruch Hashem isn't that wonderful that Hashem had us open up to that page amen and amen so I hope this helps others as they're looking for their sources because I think a lot of individuals when they are getting out of the Christianity system, they are looking and searching for a source, but the only sources they notice the only sources they know to search for are sources that they have been used to, which are Christian sources. And I encourage others out there, the only way you're gonna learn about the God, about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is to go to his people who are actually following his word and search the matter out there using a source that is not founded on the word of the great I am leads to confusion, leads to distortion and perversion of the word. And you're not gonna get the truth. And I find this quite often. I was in prayer um, the other day and Hashem reminded me of a Bible study I was watching of someone I really do admire and still adore to this day. Um, granted, they aren't Jewish, they are Christian, but um, I feel they are, well, at least I feel that I thought they, I know they are a good Bible teacher in the, but it's under the Christianity system. And I didn't realize until this week how much Christianity really is polytheocanosticism and believes in multiple God, which is paganism and idolatry. I did not realize that until this week Hashem showed me. He was reminding me of a Bible study I was watching. And in the beginning, this pastor was saying a prayer and he said oh in the name of the great i am and god of abraham isaac and jacob and he perfumed the prayer really beautifully i was like oh that's a good prayer 
But then he ended with, in someone else's name we pray. And I was like, and there it is. So someone came up to me and we had been praying or the prayer was done. And they asked me, why did I say in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in your name alone? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, they said that they pray in someone else's name. And I was like, okay, is that person the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And they said, no, he is this person. And I was like, okay, so are, I don't get where the confusion is basically. It wasn't until that moment that it solidified for me that Christianity really is polytheism. And I'm probably saying that word incorrectly. They really don't believe in the great I am as being a sovereign ruling God. They'll say it, they'll preach it, they'll do it in their sermons. But the fact of the matter is, if you are praying in anybody else's name, you are not praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Marie, why are you going over this? Because we're about to begin this Bible study and we're going to get into how Hashem, the great I am, the name that is above all names, I am that I am, I will be what I will be, right? Genesis, Exodus. He presented his Torah to the whole world and everyone that is willing. I'm going to leave that there. What you see on the screen before you is our website, mariespeaksgodsgrace.live, because we serve a living God. And as you scroll down on our website, you will see our latest and greatest, <laughs> our first Bible study of season five. It was titled, Wake Me Up Inside. As you continue to scroll down, you will see our declaration of faith while here at Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. It goes over how and why we do Bible studies the way that we do for those who are maybe trying to understand the system here. As you continue to scroll, um, support is appreciated in a monetary sense. But what helps greater is heart, hearting, hearting, liking and sharing the videos. That helps pay for advertising, which depending on your friends list or your social media source can be a donation. Every single share, understand this, every single share of roughly 30 to five to $55. So, if you share within a month four videos, that's quite more larger of a sum, in my opinion, of a spiritual um, donation. And I always pray for those who share our videos and who like our videos, just in the same manner as I pray for anyone who does a monetary donation. I believe like hearting and sharing um, and then we pray together and we race together and we study 
in agreement of God's word and God's word alone, that that sends up a beautiful fragrance of willful offering to our Father. And as we went over in previous Bible studies, an elevation offering is in a celebration offering and prayer is much valuable to the great I am than any sacrifice, any monetary giving. Amen. God will ensure that this Bible study based off of his word and his learning will be sustained and maintained. Believe you me not. We said that in the first season and here we are in season five and God willing morning more, many more seasons to come. We will be here. Hallelujah. Um, and the first season, I remember some saying, how can you say that and you are putting it out there that you don't want monetary serving this and that, right? But I was like, first of all, slow your roll. We are going with what Hashem has told us to do. And he said, I want others to see my glory, to see my provision, to see how studying and spending time with me will lengthen their, their days and improve their life and that all they have to do is support someone else who loves me and who serves me and you will see that I will bless their life. And I said, hallelujah, amen and amen, Father, we will do this. So here at Marie Speaks God's Grace, we say, like, heart, and share. And there is no doubt in my mind, God will increase you. God will increase your family. God will increase your business. God will increase your comings and your goings because you are sharing his word and his teaching and supporting someone else who loves him. Amen and amen. So as you continue to scroll on our website, mariespeaksgodsgrace.live, you will see several oh i need to fix that <laughs> i thought i updated it correctly oh well um are several of our social media links as well as our calendar that goes over the biblical feasts of the great i am and for those who are getting out of the pagan and idolatry system i know this might not be the agreement with everyone, but I do believe it is in agreement with God's word. God says this, if you are not, quote unquote, a Jew, but you come in to the land where Jews live, which they exist on every single continent throughout the world, because God scattered us to and fro due to willful disobedience back in biblical times, right? He said, if you are in the land and there are generers and visitors wherever I have placed you and they want to serve me and recognize me, Leviticus, they are to do so in this manner. That is what the great I am says. So I encourage others to dive deep in learning and celebrating the biblical feasts let Hashem guide you. Let Hashem teach you. Go to a Jewish source and learn how to properly observe the feast. Find a synagogue, find a rabbi, find a rebbezin, and learn how to get out of paganism and idolatry. Cling to the cloak of the Jew to find out how to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You will receive divine divine healing 
liberation, restoration, and perseverance and provision. That is what the Torah at minimum offers for it is written in the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 that we will be going over later. But also it's written in the blessings of God's covenant, which we're going to be going over in this Bible study. I know this is a long opening, but I want to um, get this out there for others. All right. Especially those who are new. Welcome. Shalom. <laughs> oh, okay. So as you continue to scroll on our website, you will see a ton of sources that we use during this Bible study and other previous Bible studies. I included on here Jewish sources as well as a couple of sources that Christians might be used to, such as the Vines um, Complete Dictionary um, and the Strong's Concordance, I like that still as well, and the Restoration Bible, because I believe it is a stepping stone for others. It's not easy for others to completely shed and discard those cloaks of unrighteousness and idolatry. I completely understand. And I always tell Hashem, I love you, Hashem. I love you so much. And I don't want to be like some of those individuals who get so righteous and so right in you that I forget what it was like when I wasn't right with you. You see what I mean? I think some individuals forget when they're deep in Judaism and deep in following the great I am, or maybe they're, you know, quote unquote, uh, Hebrew Israelites and they're saying Yah and Yahweh Father I'm not mocking or maybe they're so right with God or maybe they've always been right with God they've never ever sinned oh Baruch Hashem you know rise on up Elijah they can't identify with someone who has needed time to grow and evolve in Hashem right they've needed time you know, to come out of idolatry or paganism or witchcraft or sorcery or partying like a rock star or hollardism or whoremongering or, you know, being a drunkard or being really violent and angry. I don't want to ever be someone just because I haven't ever been in that sin who can't sympathize or empathize with someone who has. So this is why I encourage others and I try to show others here is a possible stepping stone that might help and aid you in getting out of those systems, right? Like I told others, this Rosh Hashanah, before Rosh Hashanah began, I was getting rid of everything that said to pray in someone else's name, right? Under the Christianity system. I went through all my prayer books, which I had many, and I got rid, I'm not kidding, probably five or six, maybe even seven boxes worth of books. They were torn, they were smashed, they were trashed, and they were taken away. I wasn't going to give to someone a source that I believe was pagan and idolatry. I was not going to donate it. Because in the word of God, it says, when you go into the land that I am giving you, Take down their pillars that are dedicated to their idols. Take down their statues that are dedicated for their idols. Take down every source of idolatry. How could I, based on the word of Hashem, 
give someone else a book or a writing that is saying to pray in someone else's name, to put someone else as God. I couldn't do this, so I didn't do this. So blessings be to Hashem and Hashem alone. I believe I've gotten rid of all those prayer books. Um, I am still keeping my eye open. So I'm like, if I see anything, I'm like, oh, got to get rid of that. You see what I mean? Um, but my goal um, was an offering. And quite frankly, it was a huge sacrifice. I'm going to be honest. It was a little bit painful <laughs> um, emotionally to get rid of those items. So I completely understand with others and I sympathize with them when they cling to their idolatry, whatever it may be. Some people it's vanity, some people it's gossip, some people bitterness is their idol, hatred is their idol, judging, gossiping is their idol. You see what I mean? We all have something. Don't let the green grass fool you. And I don't ever want to be someone who can't at least attempt to meet someone where they are at and help if they are willing, because they have to be willing, um, lead them with a giving heart out of it and helpfully provide them as a source and a source and a reference to do so. Amen? Amen. All right. As you continue to scroll down our website, you will see our letter for this season of five of the Bible study. You will also see our declaration of faith. You also see where you can um, click and be a member on our Snapchat. We just share a couple of videos there. It's really, I used to share everything, or I used to try, I should say. Thank you, Hashem. I used to try to share the same thing everywhere, and I soon realized that is not possible with different formats of different social medias, but also it's really time consuming. <laughs> like we're gonna lessen this this is another reason why we're doing um, recordings instead of live Bible studies all right so as you continue to scroll on our website and you get to the very bottom you can enter in your email and subscribe and you will see all our updates on our uh, website including our blog amen and amen Blessed are you, Adonai, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments concerning the words of the Torah. Lord our God, make the teachings of your holy Torah pleasant in our mouth and in the mouths of all of your entire people, the house of Israel. May we, our children, and your children of the entire people of the house of Israel, all be knowers of your name and students of your holy Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Adonai, who teaches the Torah to his people, Israel. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen from among all the nations and given us his holy Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, who gives the Torah. The Lord spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus shall you bless the children of Israel and say to them, The Lord bless you and guard you. 
The Lord make his countenance to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and grant you peace. Shalom. And they shall set my name upon them, the children of Israel, and I shall bless them. What you see on the screen now is our minds.com main social media page. We are still right now on Facebook, um, but I believe that might change in the future. It isn't really somewhere I enjoy being. I like minds.com because you can share, you can go. I don't have to see a bunch of other updates and I can just let it be. So if you come here and you search on our minds.com, you can go to our blogs and you will see our latest and greatest blog, as well as being able to see it on our website. These are the only two places where we post our blog. You can also click and listen to the blog in audio form on Spotify. I really, really love this system. It makes it so much easier and clearer. What you can expect this lesson. This lesson we will continue on with Moses, Moshe of blessed memory, um, speech to the nation of Israel before his death and them carrying on to the promised land. We will, we've already previously reviewed Hashem's portion of a portion of Deuteronomy. So you can click on the link to that and see it from our previous blog posts. We will also continue to speak and go over Hebrew terminology as well as increasing our vocabulary and Continue on with our introduction into the Tanakh and Torah spiritual teaching. And again, this is a way to try to help guide those um, progressing in getting out of idolatry of whatever variety it may be to include Christianity. Amen and amen. All right. So let's begin with today's portion, today's Bible study and the biblical text. So we already prayed, which we're supposed to do to make Hashem's beautiful Torah sweet in our mouth. Amen and amen. All right, so we're gonna go over first verses of Deuteronomy chapter two, verses one through 30. And Moshe continues on with the um, review of what happened to those who rebelled against Hashem, when the ones who witnessed his awe and his glory of being set free from Egypt with an outstretched arm, as we studied in the book of Exodus. We remember this? Okay. All right. So as we marched on, this is Moshe Avenu speaking. Uh, as we marched on back into the wilderness by the way of the Sea of Reeds, as Hashem had spoken to me, and skirted the hill of hill country of Zaire for a long time. Now we went over this in previous Bible studies. This area of the of the Zaire, the nation of Israel. We have to keep in mind wasn't the only people group out there in that wilderness system. We went over in 
as a review in the previous Bible study, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, how there were giants in the land. They were pagan and idolaters over there. But even if you go and you look at world history in itself, there were other people scattered around the world at this time. And we're going to discuss that a tiny bit in this Bible study. There were other people that were descendants from Noah that were living in the area that we now call China and the area that we now call Russia and the area that we now call Europe. And yes, even in the area that we call now Canada, Alaska, North America, South America, Alaska, and the Antarctic. It wasn't always covered with ice. Yes, land was more abundant because the waters had been pulled back. Genesis, right? So please keep in mind, children of God, there are other individuals all over the world. The Torah, which we are reading from, is a history, it is poetry, it is a biblical reference and historical preservation of God's chosen nation who chose his Torah when it was offered, that's what the Torah is and the Tanakh is, okay? Other um, nations who did and who didn't accept Hashem's Torah, they have their own biblical books or historical books themselves. The nation of Egypt has their own books, right? They weren't always right with God. Sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. Same as the nation of which we call the China region, the Russian region, the America, North America region, the Canada region. Every nation has a book of their historical references and truth and reading their books and their folklores and looking at their downfalls and uprisings of their society will show us when and when they were not right with Hashem and his Torah. And we're going to review this a little bit in this Bible study. But please, children of God, keep this in mind. The great I am offered his Torah to every single person as an individual, every single family unit. And we saw this in Abraham and Sarah. Amen. Noah and his family. And he also offered it to every nation. And we are reading about that with the nation of Israel when they accepted it at Mount Sinai and then everything else that followed it. It's no different anywhere else as in North America, South America, Brazil, Europe, Russia, China, Alaska, the Antarctic. Amen. God offered it in those lands to every individual every family, and every nation. And everyone that accepted and said, yes, we accept you as God and our God alone, those lands continued to prosper and they did marvelously and gloriously. But the minute they gave in to paganism, idolatry, and sorcery of whatever kind, that began the decline of their level of spirituality. They were no longer on the line of the blessed angels of Hashem. That declined their level in morality. 
and their uh, civility to others and how they relate to their fellow men, it created the decline and demise of their people group, amen, Father, and their civilization. You see what I'm saying? How can we possibly reference this before? I'm going to encourage others to look at what people groups instantly vanished and they are no longer really heard of this day. I can think of Baruch Hashem just off the top of my mind trying to communicate with God. I believe God is telling us, look at what happened to the Aztecs. Look at what happened to the Mayans, right? Those are a lot of the people that unfortunately and fortunately my some of my ancestors came from those systems of destructions that came into those cultures were very satanic cursed be them were very idolatry were very paganism and they all had something in common with what what went on in the nation of egypt what went on in the Canaanite nation and their tribes and their clans. Ain't nothing new under the sun. I'm going to put a paper clip in that right there, but I, we will revisit it when we go over um, Lot and his descendants, Canaanite tribes and their descendants. That's a spiritual teaching. I want to put a paper clip in it now, but we will continue. Amen. All right. So the fifth part of Moshe Avenu's um, sermon, well, on a mound. <laughs> right? All right. Then Hashem said to me, you have been skirting this hill country long enough. Now turn north. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, Moshe Avenu continues on relaying to the generation of the children and grandchildren of the nation of Israel of those who perished while in the desert while traveling 40 years ish. Why do I say 40 years ish? Well, many might remember many persons perished every couple of years or even every couple of months due to their willful disobedience or willful sedition or willful evil perversities while done in the desert. Some may be able or may have been able to last 39 years, 364 days, but more often than not. And we reviewed this in previous Bible studies, right? What first comes to mind, we might remember the sedition that happened when the cousins of Moses came against him and tried saying, why are you and Aaron putting yourself up to be our leaders, right? And God himself said, get away from them, get away from their tents, they're about to be swallowed up. And they were. But we also remember what happened, right? With the golden calf, which if you believe you might have some pagan and idolatry in your system and it's really difficult for you to get rid of, you might have some of your heritage in the golden calf system. So I encourage others, spiritual teaching, rebuke it and cast it out in the merciful name of Hashem. Renounce idolatry, denounce it, 
move it far from you, cast it out of your ancestral line here and now in the wonderful name of Hashem. Amen, amen. So it will no longer exist. How could it possibly exist for these thousands of years, Marie? I'm glad you asked. When the descendants of those who committed that abominable, detestable act against Hashem at the Golden Calf scenario, an event, when their descendants uh, carried on that sin, it transferred an ancestral sin in their bloodline. And it carried on and carried on. Now, curses, I know the Bible says, happens for 10 generations for those who hate Hashem. But if it started at generation one, at the golden calf scenario, skip generation two, generation three, but then all of a sudden in generation four, someone was in paganism and idolatry, maybe harlotism, maybe sexual perversions that happened there at the golden calf scenario. You have a variety of sin splinters that are in, which we rebuke in Hashem's beautiful name, that are in someone's spiritual line. Then, Baruch Hashem, it gets cast out, I don't know, the third and fourth or fifth generation from that generation who initially started it yet again. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's how these generational curses could carry on for a thousand of years. How does it get removed and let out? When we decide with a clear, beautiful, intentional heart to turn away from it and then we teach ourselves, we gather up a Torah, amen, and we teach our Torah to our children and they teach it to their children and their children and you keep it out of your bloodline system. If, 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 which would be a blessing, 10 generations of your ancestral line are able to stay right with Hashem, I'm not saying perfect. I'm saying able to stay right with Hashem for 10 generations. That's when the blessings for a thousand generations are made possible because your bloodline have stayed right for 10 generations. Does that make sense now? Now, we're not saying to, you can be perfect. No one can be perfect. But for 10 generations. Now, Look at you and look at me. Does that seem possible? Look at the history of the nation of Israel. Was it possible for them? You see? But we can still try. We can still strive. Because whatever merits we build up in our lifetime, those merits are possible to be in our bloodline and transfer on to the next generation, right? Some... Um, merits are bloodline transferable and some curses are bloodline transferable. It is our goal to build up the merits, right? And lessen any curses being trans, um, transferred on to the next generation. Amen? Amen. So I encourage others to go there. If anyone needs um, or feel they need deliverance now, you're more than welcome to go check out our Deuteronomy 28 class, but be advised that's when we were still under the Christianity system. So I can't with a full giving heart 
um, recommend it to others out there who are not in the Christianity system. If you are still in the Christianity system and you need it as a stepping stone to deliverance to get out of the Christianity system, then it may be a possible use to you. But if you are a Jew and into Judaism and you are out of the Christianity don't use that class. We are going to be redoing it this season when we get to the Deuteronomy um, chapter of this class. Rebuking and casting out curses and the only name that is above all name, Hashem's name alone. Amen. But if you are in the Christianity system, yes, that class will help you. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's continue. So 40-ish years. Verses 4 through 5. And the charge of the people are as follows. We will be passing through the territory of your kin, meaning your bloodline, relational ancestors, or your adopted relational ancestors. Because when one person is adopted, both spiritually and physically, keep in mind, their DNA is changed. Marie, I don't believe that. Well, it's okay. You don't have to believe it, but it is backed up biblically. Let's visit this a little. Ethren and Manansa. They were adopted as Jacob's sons, both spiritually and physically, which made them to the 12th tribe of Jacob. Amen. So now that, based on that, because they were adopted in and they are both now the 12th tribe of Jacob, what did they also receive to confirm that they were accepted by Hashem and Hashem alone as being adopted spiritually and physically, naturally in the earthly realm? as being a part of his covenant. One, we read about it, right? But also it's solidified, it was solidified even after Mount Sinai when they were allotted land. It's another symbol of their covenant and their uh, relationship in Hashem as their God and Jacob as their spiritual father, even though, right? Their actual father was Joseph, who was, you know, kicked out of his family, went to Egypt with Blessed Hashem, second in command there. And we all know that whole story. Amen? Amen. So it is possible for individuals' DNA to both be spiritually renewed and altered to Hashem's line and physically so when one is rebuking and casting out demons and one is transitioning or returning to Judaism and accepting the only living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is their sole sovereign ruling king and lordship over their life. Yes, 100%. They are no longer physically or spiritually carrying any of those things sins and bloodline curses that they 
renounce in the name of the great I am. This is why we are going to be redoing the Deuteronomy 28 class because we need to get all that paganism and all that idolatry out of us. And yes, it does take a period of time for many of us, correct? Think about Moshe Avenu. When he was in the desert after he left Egypt, right? After he killed the taskmaster who was hurting his fellow Jews. Remember this? How long was it before he was recalled back up by the great I am? 40 years. All right. Look at Abraham. After the great I am told him to leave his family and go away from that a land where it was paganism and sorcery and him and Sarah they picked up and left and then he said come on lot we're gonna go into this in the Bible study you come with us too how long from the time he left to the time Abraham was called up by the great I am it took a period of time it was roughly about 40 years as well so I encourage others this is why we need to be not only patient with others who are getting out of whatever paganism and idolatry it is. There's so many different kinds, right? Um, we need to be patient with others as well as patient with ourselves. Trying to measure other people on the scales and measure their lives and be bitter and begetting and, I don't know, um, jealous of them is not of God. God says, come to me. I am the judge. I am your deliverer. I am your savior. You understand? God never said, I'll put myself. Don't go to Marie and she is your judge. She will let you know how to fix yourself. No, 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 no. And anyone who does something like that, Father, I'm not mocking. I'm just trying to explain. Anyone who does that, tries to put themselves in the place of God. And it's not like, come on, you know, you need to stop doing drugs. You need to stop being promiscuous, something like that. Anyone who is trying to belittle or take away your life and saying that you don't rate to serve God or whatever it is, they're not doing the work of our father who is in heaven. Everyone that is in the Torah, I'm pointing to it right here. Everyone that is in the Torah, leads others to Hashem. That is right with God. Everyone that is in the Torah leads others to Hashem. Everyone that wasn't right with God and not of God led, led others away from Hashem and said not to serve Him. A.K.A. Paul. I'm just putting it out there. All right, <laughs> let's keep it moving. I charge you the people as follows. You will pass through the territory of your kin, the descendants of Esau, who live in Sire. Though they will be afraid of you, be very careful. Do not provoke them. It is a sin to provoke others to anger. It is a sin to be antagonistic. It is a sin to say mocking things to try to make someone get in a disagreement or in an argument with you. Be a better person, follow the examples of Moshe Avenu, and remain silent, remain still, and know that Hashem will right your wrongs. Amen. Marie, are you saying be a doormat? Nope. Moshe wasn't a doormat. 
Abraham wasn't a doormat. Sarah sure wasn't a doormat. Rebecca, Leah, and Rachel were definitely not doormats. Deborah, my favorite prophetess in the Bible, was not a doormat. But you didn't see them engaging with swine. Amen? I'm just going to put it out there. Sooner or later, swine eat swine. They may be abundant while in their herds while chopping around in their slop. But sooner or later, when provoked, they provoke each other because that's their job. They try to provoke God's children. They will eat themselves as well as others. Look up the characteristics uh, characteristics of swine ain't nothing new under the sun. It's both spiritual and physical reference. And we rebuke that in Hashem's great name. Amen. Do not provoke them for I will not give you their land so much as a foot can tread on. I will I have given the hill country of Sire as a possession to Esau. So Hashem is saying, don't provoke your kinfolk, whether they are adopted, whether they are in the bloodline lineages forever and ever and ever, whether they are uh, like Esau and they denounced their heritage and they were not right with me. Don't provoke them because you will not even get a square foot of their land that I have promised to them. Weird, right? How odd to hear Hashem, blessed, glorious one, be so protective of the descendants of one who gave away his firstborn birthright for a bowl of lentil soup. How odd to hear Hashem Almighty be so loving to someone's descendants that we read about in Malachi chapter 3 verses 1 through 3, the burden of the word of Hashem to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you. Speaking of Israel, saith the Lord, yet ye say, where hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, but Esau I hated, and made his mountains a desolate, and gave his heritage to the jackals of the wilderness. Now, Malachi is over here, right? And we're over here in Deuteronomy. I believe the reason why the nation of Esau's descendants were able to be allotted land from Hashem, which solidifies the covenant, right? They were given territory to occupy. We're going to read about this later. It's because at some point, maybe Esau himself repented, which I believe he did when he came back together and he made, um, is it recompense? restitution resolution forgiveness with his brother jacob right we read about that whole scene right in uh the book of exodus i mean sorry in genesis we read about all of that they made up and they were reconciled i believe that was part of the atonement now unfortunately a lot of a lot meaning a couple of the descendants of esau still held some bitterness, which is not a God, and some resentment because of Jacob stealing the first right, the firstborn birthright from Esau. Don't give it away if you still want it, right? So I believe, unfortunately, even though Esau and some of his initial descendants, his righteous descendants had made right with Hashem, there and accepted his covenant, accepted his Torah, I believe. 
there are some, you know, we got those rogue family members that just be going cray cray all day day. <laughs> and they continued on the hatred and resentment and leading others away for Hashem. I believe there is two branches, just to say, for example, there's many more branches, right? Of any tree that is right with Hashem. Some branches lead being right with Hashem, some go the way of the wicked. And unfortunately, I believe right here in Malachi, Hashem is saying, um, he hated those descendants of Esau who chose to pervert and sin on the land that he had allotted to Esau. Um, and that's why those, those mountains later will become a desolate jackal wilderness that he will give over. You see what I mean? If we stay right with Hashem from generations, it would be such a blessing for at least 10 generations. If we stay right with Hashem, our heritage, our rightfulness, our merits will last thousands of generations. But if generation after generation chooses to be wicked, then, 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 Hashem and Hashem alone will remove his hedge of protection and his covenant, which is Torah, from them. I know some don't believe this, but we're going to go over this a little bit more. Let's continue. And verse 6. What food you eat, this is Moshe speaking to the nation of Israel. What food you eat, you shall obtain from them for money. Even the water you drink, you shall procure from them for money. I do believe this verse is stating the requirement of payment due as a command from Hashem of glory to every Jew to be compensated by their work, whether they are a free or a slave or a bondsman, um, most scripture says. Here below we read of some examples of punishment for those found guilty of violating this commandment. When men quarrel, and one strikes another with a stone or with a fist, and he does not die, but has taken to bed. Then he gets up and walks outdoors upon his staff, and assailant shall go unpunished, except he must pay for his idleness and his cure. So when one Jew strikes another Jew, whether they are right with God or not right with God, whether they are slave or in bondage, like the one who got struck or the one who, whatever, whether this is done, and if someone, you know, you receive a great injury to it and it causes you any pain physically or emotionally or causes you to miss work, we went over this in that class of Exodus, the person who assaulted the individual, whether physically or spiritually, uh, physically or spiritually is required to pay some restor restoration and atonement to put that person back at the level so they should have never lost anything. Does that make sense? The next Bible verse we went over was, when a man opens a pit or digs it and does not cover it, the ox or an ass falls into it. One is responsible for the pit, the one who initially dug it, must pay restitution and shall pay the price to the owner and but shall keep the dead animal now this could be said 
physically, meaning absolutely, it is only the case in the supernatural if someone physically digs a pit and someone's animal physically falls into it and dies. But think about this. It's also a spiritual scent. A spiritual sense too. Let me take a sip of water. If someone digs a spiritual pit on someone through slander, through false testimony, through lying and scheming, through begetting, through jealousy, through harlotry, through sodomizing, you see what I mean? Leading someone away from God, digging a pit for someone, doing something reckless against someone intentionally or unintentionally, they are required to pay spiritually an atonement and restitution that will elevate, by Baruch Hashem, elevate someone to what they should have been as if they never lost anything. This is why God says, stand still, hallelujah, and know that I am God. Y'all ready for this? Mm, Baruch Hashem. God forbid, let's say someone digs a pit for you or for me. And believe me, this has been done to me. Someone, even be very recently to be quite honest, dug a pit where they were slandering me. They did. They dug a pit where they were mocking me. They dug a pit where they were literally doing their best to try to embarrass me in public. Baruch Hashem. This individuals did this and there is no doubt in my mind that Hashem will not only vindicate me but will restore me as if I never lost it in it and I look back on that situation as a blessing. Amen. Because that is the promise of Hashem. He will right our wrongs. He will restore us. When we are in a situation, go forth and do not sin in your anger or in your discomfort or in your fear. Do not, Hashem, trust that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will right every wrong that evil, foul, demonic, or not right with God person has tried to put upon you. Every pit that they have dug, they will fall into them themselves. And no, I'm not speaking curses. We're speaking biblical. We're speaking Bible. Amen. There's a reason why Hashem says this. Marie, I don't want to go by your example. You don't have to because we got a great example. Look at Joseph. A pit was literally dug for him. He was literally thrown into a pit by his brothers, half-brothers, adopted brothers, cousins, friends, co-workers, associates. Yes, he was thrown into a pit for them. They were plotting his demise. But what happened? It was years later may happen in an instant, may happen in days, may happen years later. Hashem set him up as second only to the king over what was the most powerful nation at that time in that area in the land of Egypt, where others had to come and rely on the wisdom that Hashem gave him 
for knowing, interpreting dreams, and making sure that they would even have bread to eat. That is the God, hallelujah, that we serve. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Do you see what I'm saying here? Yes. So it could be a physical pit, like in the case of Joshua, or it could be a or spiritual pit in the case of someone slandering you or trying to put you down or trying to mock you because whatever reason they have. You see what I'm saying? God will right our wrongs. Trust in this, children of God. All right. So some might say, but Marie, Esau removed himself from the covenant of Hashem when he decided to rebel after he left the house of Jacob. Some might say this. Some might say, but Marie, because he removed himself, he gave up his birthright, remember, and he gave it to Jacob. He is no longer under the law of Hashem. Listen to me, children of God. Listen to me. It is God and God alone who sets up covenants to those who are willing to accept him. It is God and God alone who can therefore remove a covenant as it is written. Hallelujah. No man, no man can dissolve a marriage. No, only God can. That's why it is a covenant. Amen. No man can take away us from being God's bride. No one can take away us from being his children. No one can. You could even do your best to try to remove yourself from it like a prodigal son. But God will be there waiting for you return. He'll be waiting for your teshuva. He'll be waiting for your repentance. He'll be waiting for you to turn away from your sin and call out to him. This is why God gives us so many chances of repentance. Esau... When he was angry, he sinned, right? He went and he was doing the most with the fallen angels, making all these distorted DNA offspring. But yet, Hashem was still willing to use him. Look at other ones. We're going to go into this. Based off the Bible. But as for me, let my prayer be unto thee, O God, in an acceptable time. O God, in your abundance of thy mercy, answer me in truth of thy salvation. But as for me, I am like a leafy oiled olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. O give thanks unto God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Why boastest thou of evil, O mighty men? The mercy of God endureth continually. O give thanks unto God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. The God of my mercy will come and meet me. Mm. God will let me gaze upon my adversaries. Hallelujah. I believe oftentimes humans try to set themselves up in the place of God. And when humans do so as an ignorant and obtuse and arrogant negative, they do so. And they are obviously doing so out of human understanding, which always is lacking because they do not see the larger picture that Hashem sees. 
only Hashem alone knows everything from beginning to end and everything in between. Another might ask, why is Hashem speaking commandingly of Esau as he is under the law? Because he is. Because God and God alone makes and breaks or removes, excuse me, if others have done their willful disobedience. Only Hashem can remove his hedge of protection, which is his law and his Torah from someone, the covenant from them. But if they were ever in the covenant and they choose to repent or make teshuva, they are able to come back into the fold. There are very few cases of, cases of anyone who has repented and God did not accept their repentance. Very few cases from what I understand. Uh, one case in particular we can think of, right, as in the case of the Pharaoh during the time of Egypt. Now, was the Pharaoh's bloodline ever in covenant with Hashem? I don't believe so. I believe the that Pharaoh's bloodline was straight from the Nephilim. Thank you, Hashem. So I don't believe within the 10 generations allotted for repentance sake that that Pharaoh was in covenant with Hashem. At one time before the angels decided to take themselves out of their first habitations, they were in covenant with Hashem, right? But hundreds and thousands of years later, no. I believe that's why God hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not accept any of his repentance. And I believe that's why God was able to harden his heart because he, him and his ancestors before him never, or, I shouldn't say never because I don't know never. They never, there I go saying never. They didn't try to make an extended ancestral bloodline Teshuva to come back and stay back in covenant with Hashem. I'll say it that way. Amen? Amen. All right. So, yes, I do believe everyone who was ever under the law is still under the law, which is a good thing, by the way. I know other religions and theologies say it's a negative to be under the law. No, it is a blessing to be under the law the law you're literally I'm not gonna cry the law is the word of Hashem how could it ever be anything but beautiful and a blessing to be under the word of Hashem think about that for a second the law is the word of Hashem the word that Hashem breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he became a living soul. The law that then Hashem said laid down Adam and he put him into a sleep and took out his ribs and then made a woman. Do you see what I mean? It is life to be under the breath, the word, the law of Hashem, anyone, listen to me, children of God, who teaches otherwise that it is a burden, that you do not want it, anyone who speaks that filth 
is not of God. I don't care what cloak they are wearing, what fake, you know, demonic mantle they, they want to claim to be um, anointed under. If someone tells you not to go to Hashem, they are not of God. Because every prophet, every seer, every healer, every rooter and caster outer, every priest, every ministry that's in the Word of God, the Torah, the Tanakh, everyone in there said to go to Hashem and repent of your sins. And those were the ones who they may have not been perfect, but they were right with God. Does that make sense? There is only one God and one God alone, and there is only one law, so to speak. Amen? All right. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord your God. I do not change. Ain't that the truth? Thank you, God. Therefore, your sons of Jacob are not consumed. So, the sons of Jacob, Israel, right? Remember, they have tons of descendants, but that is one covenant, okay? One covenant under Hashem. Marie, I, I only believe there is only one covenant. I've only heard of one covenant. You mean God made multiple covenants with his creation? Yes. Yes, and we're about to get into this. We've done another class on it, but for those who are new... I encourage others to check out the covenant class that are linked in the blog, but let's get into this. When God made covenant with Abraham, he also made a covenant with Isaac. Did he not? All right, so that's another covenant. He also made a covenant with Jacob. This is why we say in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, many might say it is the same covenant. Um, yes and no. It was, I believe, increased every single righteous generation based off the merits and good positive standing of the former generations. This is what I believe, um, but of course I could be wrong. And I believe it relates all the way back to Adam. When God created Adam, he charged him with dressing and keeping the garden. All right, that's land, that's territory. Each and every time God created a covenant with people, he said, be fruitful and multiply, subdue, subdue the earth. Did he not? He said, be fruitful and multiply. That's a trust there. That is an encouragement there. God wouldn't tell us to do something he didn't think we were capable of doing. And therefore he would aid us in us doing it. Does that make sense? If God knows that we are fully capable of doing it. And he is going to encourage us in us doing it. He has put a law. Hello. His breath. Hello. His word in it. So if God told Abraham and, sorry, if God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, right? God obviously knew they were going to be able to do it. Therefore, they were under God's word 
aka his law, his Torah. Wait for it. Stop, stop, stop. Before some are like, ah, just be patient. You'll see. Wait for it. God first made his covenant with every single thing that he created. Yes, before the flood and after the flood. I know many don't believe this, but let's back it up with scripture. Chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Berikashit, uh, Genesis. At the beginning of God creating heaven and earth, the earth being unformed and void, with darkness over the surface of the deep and the wind from others, meaning the Spirit of God sweeping over the water. God said, he spoke his word, let there be light and there was light. So let me back this up. At the beginning, when God first initially thought with his heart and his mind, I am going to create heaven and earth. Then he spoke it and it was done. He spoke his word. He spoke his law. He spoke his Torah. And this is how he created the heavens and the earth. The moment God spoke from his heart and from his mind and he made this creation, he made covenant. Because God wouldn't do something or create something he wasn't going to take care of. How do we know this? Because God is holy and he is the only one that is holy and is good. And he's the only one who could swear upon his own name. He is the only one who can swear upon himself. Amen. He's the only one who can validate himself. He is the only one that should, can secure and ensure that his word comes to pass. For he is the only one who is holy. Baruch Hashem. Amen. Verse 4, chapter 1 of Bereshit, Genesis. And God saw the light. He is verifying it. He is testing it. He is weighing it. He is declaring it good. Then God separated the darkness from the light. Amen. God is the only one who can verify and swear on his name, his word, his seal, or his creations hallelujah god is the only one and only one alone who can deem someone righteous or unrighteous god is the only one and only one alone who can testify that what he is viewing is of him or not of him hear me children of god god is the only one who can say someone is saved or unsaved Ooh, I know that probably hurts someone right there. Stop walking around saying someone isn't saved. You don't know their story from beginning to end. You might be able to say that person might need some help. That person might need some guidance. That person might need some strengthening. But while you're saying all that, why don't you also say some words of the beautiful word of Hashem and his Torah, maybe some Psalms or some Proverbs and help that person out. Amen and amen. God, when he creates his creation, he deems it worthy. He weighs it. He reviews it. He refines it. He proves upon it. He proves it good. 
Even though there was darkness, yes, even though there was darkness at the same time, there was light. God looked upon it and he separated it and he declared what was good and what wasn't good. I have not been able to find a version of a Bible, a version of a Tanakh, a version of a Torah, where God looked at the darkness and he said, anything about it. Do you see what I mean? We see others speak about the darkness. We see others make their determination on what the darkness is or what it can mean. But we, at least I haven't, and someone wants to share it with me, I'd gladly love to review it, where Hashem himself does says the Lord, or he uses his prophet to speak through them, from them, where he spoke about what the darkness is. You see what I mean? Marie, are you saying the darkness is good? I don't know what this darkness is. Where did it come from? If God, which he is an all-consuming power, all-consuming fire, all-consuming light, he is the brightest that there is and ever will be, how was there darkness on the face of the deep and where did this darkness come from i know some are going to say the gap theory about the fallen angels and so on and that's what brought darkness into the world i believe that is a possibility but other than the fallen angels choosing to rebel against god and being cast out of their are choosing them choosing to leave them choosing to leave their first habitat i don't hear where this darkness come from. So that provides an opportunity for us to pray and take time with God and try to find a way to figure it out. But I do like hearing other individuals theories because I'm willing to admit, I don't know everything. But if I don't know it and I can't find it in the Torah, I'm gonna search for it. And that allows an opportunity to pray with Hashem. Amen. We did a whole class pure previously, and the links are included in this blog, about many of the covenants that God makes with his creation. The class can be viewed on the hyperlink. But to briefly recap, Hashem created you or it, right? That you or it is under his law. I know many don't believe we are under the law or perhaps they don't believe we're under the same laws or they believe that there's these people laws and those people laws. But I just want to say this. If, and it is true, if there is only one God, if there is only one living God and there is one Torah, and there is one law and there is one who spoke one word into existence, how could there be multiple laws for multiple nations? How could God say in his word, if they come into a land which I am sending you and they want to worship me, they may do so, but they must do it in the way I have deemed. Do you see what I mean? If there are multiple laws for different, I don't see it. Maybe someone else sees it, but I am not in agreement with this laws for them and not for us. If we are all supposed to serve the only true living God. Does that make sense? 
telling others that they are lost for them and law for us, I believe is a great disservice to humankind or those who are not Jewish. Okay, I believe we should be saying what is in the Torah and not saying that they have their laws and we have our laws and they're not allowed to serve God. How ridiculous when you think about it. I've never read in God's Torah where God turned away someone who was trying to serve him or observe him in a way, in a manner that he said to, even when they were a heathen, even when they were an idolater, even when they are in paganism. In fact, we read about in Leviticus and in Exodus, God says, is there, if there is a journeyer, a journeyer, like someone who's on a journey from another land, and they serve other gods, but they want to serve me, they want to make an offering to me, they may not do so in the manner of how they serve their gods. No, they will do it in this manner according to my law. Meaning, how could God, a sovereign ruling God, obligate someone else who is serving other gods to serve him in his manner and manner alone if he, they weren't going to be under his law? If he wasn't requiring his law for other nations? Come on now, let's think about this. I'm sorry to be so passionate about it, but I actually I'm not sorry to be so passionate about it. We should all be passionate about it. How dare someone tell someone not to serve God according to his law? How dare you? You need to correct yourself. Don't forget who or where you came from. Where or when you might have been. What lifetime you may have not served God completely and wholly. Amen? It is never our place to put ourselves up and God as God or as a God and tell someone not to serve God. No, 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 no. All right. Verses 7 through 22 of Deuteronomy chapter 2. Indeed, your God Hashem has blessed you in all of your undertakings. God has watched over your wanderings through this great wilderness right? Even when you were going against me, being pagan, being idolater, being sin, sin, sinny, being perverse, God was still with you even while you were in the wilderness. Hear me, children of God. Were they not under the law in the wilderness? Just putting it out there. Even when they were in paganism and idolatry? Yes. Even when they, he was saying, you are my nation, my firstborn, I love you. I choose you among other nations. You see what I'm saying? Your God Hashem has been with you in these parts for 40 years. During your trying, your testing, your separating, your sanctification process, your ups and the downs of your life. And you were lacking nothing. That is the God we serve. And then we moved on. Away from our kin. Yes. <laughs> the descendants of Esau who lived in Zaire, away from the road of Arabah, away from Elech, Eloth, Eloth, and Zohan, Zohan, Geber, and we marched on in the direction of the wilderness of Moab. Moab? 
wasn't that the tribe where they did all those perversities and we read about Moloch and Balaam, the Mobanites? Is, isn't that them? You mean God rules over them too at some point and they are under his law and a covenant with him? You mean the Moabites? And Hanshem said, do not harass the Moabites. Even, what? All right. Do not even provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession. I have assigned R as a possession of the descendants of Lot. Yes. It is formerly inhabited by Am. Now, Am, the I-M means in M. Okay. The M we went over was part of the name of those fallen angels from the book of Enoch and Genesis 6 that we that they chose to they chose willful intention they chose they used their free will angels have free will listen to me they chose to leave their first habitation that implies free will they chose to rebel and go against God and they chose to uh, leave their first habitation and go into and pervert daughters of men. Come on now. They inhabited M and the people there were numerous as tall as the Ananakis, the Ananites. All right. Like the Ananites, they encountered the Rephraim. I am the Rephraim. Look at Repha. It's part of the name of those fallen angels who chose through free will to leave their first habitation. This is why we went over chapter 6 in the book of Enoch. Amen. But the Moabites called them Ephim. So Ephim are the same as, same as the Raphaim that are the same as the Anunnaki, Anunnakites. Okay. Similarly, the sire was formerly inhabited, inhabited by the Horites. So we have the Ephraim, the Raphaim, the Anaki, and now the Horites. They are the descendants, but the descendants of Esau, the post of them. He, the descendants of Esau, ordered by Hashem, went to war against the descendants of the fallen angels, which were giants in the land, and the post of them cast them out by the roof, wiping them out and setting in their place, taking care, taking over the land and the territory, making the covenant of God that God was giving them, just as Israel did in the land to their possession, which Hashem, Hashem, the sovereign ruling God, had given them. Yeah, did y'all hear this? Hold up. I'm trying to make it clear. The Moabites, the ancestral offspring of Lot and his daughter, Lot the pervert, who was offering his daughters to be used and abused by those that were in the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, this lot. This lot, the cousin, brother, nephew of Abraham, the one that wasn't directly in the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was just a cousin. Do you see what I mean? 
Many believe he became an adopted son. So that's why we went over Ethram and Manasseh under Jacob. Do you see what I'm saying? Bloodlines matter. Adopted into bloodlines matter. Converts, conversion matters. It is a spiritual and a physical, spiritual teaching here, a spiritual and a physical DNA change. It changes your bloodline, period, and family ancestry, Baruch Hashem, period, and point. I know some don't believe this, but when God made a covenant with the nation of Israel, we are going to see the same similarities that he did with the nation of Is um, Esau and his descendants and the descendants of the Moabites from Lot. Even though Lot wasn't in the covenant. Do you see what I'm saying? All right. Whew. Up now, cross the weighty Zered. So we crossed the weighty Zered. The time that we spent in the travel of Kadesh Ber Bar Nera until we crossed the Wadi Seir was 38 years. Ouch. <laughs> until the whole generations of warriors had perished from the camp as Hashem had sworn concerning them. Indeed, the hand of Hashem struck them to root, cast them out by the root, them out from the camp, the nation of Israel, until they were finished. Why? To get rid of ancestral bloodline curses. Marie, but they were under the covenant. They were at Mount Sinai. They were. They said, the law that you have spoken of, we accept not only for us, but for our children. We accept you as a God. Who was a God like you, right? They were singing that. The Sea of Reeds, after they had crossed over, let set free from the land of nation of Egypt with an outstretched arm by Hashem. They witnessed his wonders. They accepted his covenant. But those that perished within the 40 years from the nation of Israel that had accepted his covenant, even though they accepted their covenant, their cup of sin, sin, sinning, and repeating the ancestral sins of their ancestors was full. They were under the caress sin. Do y'all remember we taught this? The caress sin was a sin of early death due to repeating sins of your ancestors, which God forbid, let's not do that, right? Get on out of that in Hashem's great name. Um, caress sin, there's some debate on what it means by the sages. Some says it means you will die before the age of 40. God forbid. Some say it means you will die before the age of 50. God forbid. Some say you will die before the age of 60 because your cup runneth older and you don't have enough merits of goodness and repentiness to be able to live a long and fruitful life, which is a blessing of Hashem. Deuteronomy 28. Amen. And it's all throughout the Psalms. Ooh, Psalm 23, my personal favorite. Do you see what I'm saying, children of God? They were, 
They had accepted the Torah, but because they doubted, because they didn't have faith in Hashem, because they didn't trust in His Word, because they were leading others away from His Torah through their willful and intentional sinning, they perished while being refined in the desert. This isn't me saying this. This is this is biblical. This is what's in the Torah. So that's why I caution others. Be careful what you say when someone's trying to search for Hashem. I don't believe we should ever turn anyone away from learning about the traditions of our people, Judaism. I don't believe we should ever turn anyone away from learning about the Torah. And I don't believe we should ever discourage anyone from observing the biblical feasts or traditions that are written about that Hashem gave to our people and our people alone because he didn't just give it to our people and our people alone we read about that he gave it to the descendants of Lot who weren't even under the first initial covenant of Abraham the father of our faith do you see what I'm seeing? Lot was a, I'm sorry, father, but he was a heathen. What kind of a man wants to thrust his daughters out there to a crowd, to a city, to be done perverse sexual acts with? What kind of a man does that? But a heathen. Do you see what I mean? He could have lived with Abraham serving God out there in the land. But instead, he wanted to go to a city that was known for its idolatry, it's sorcery, it's paganism, and it's sexual perversities. Do you see what I'm saying? But God is a God of awesomeness and he can redeem anyone who wants to what? Accept his Torah. So let's not be a stumbling block for someone. Let's be someone like the prophets, like the leaders, like the priests, a blessed memory and get them to Hashem if they are willing. You see? Amen. Baruch Hashem. Indeed. Indeed. The time spent in Kaddish, they crossed, they crossed, they crossed, and then they died off. Indeed, the hand of Hashem struck them out by the roots mm, until they were finished off. When all the warriors among the people had died off, Hashem spoke to me, meaning Moshe Avenu, saying, You are now passing through the territory of Moab, the descendants of Lot, through Ar. You will be close to the Ammonites, which is the other descendants of Lot from his other daughter through ancestral, ancestral well, ancestral and ancestral rape. Sorry, it's disgusting. Do not harass them either. Do not start a fight with them. For I will not. This is Hashem talking to his chosen people who are in the covenant with him. I will not give any part of the land of the Ammonites to you as a possession. I have assigned it as a possession to the descendants of Lot. Why? Because they had at some point, somehow, some way, made covenant with Hashem and accepted his Torah. Hashem blesses those 
who accept his Torah, for it is written in his word. If you hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, these blessings will before you. His voice is his word. His word is his Torah. Hallelujah. Make it all complete. Amen. Deuteronomy 28. Leviticus 26. Genesis. Amen. From the very beginning. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28. Verse 15 and 16, right? But those who refuse to hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, all these curses will before you. All of those who choose to them, take them out of the self side of, let me rephrase that. Those who choose to take them out of the inhabitation of being under the shelter, the hedge of protection of the great I am. Those who willfully and intentionally choose to reject Hashem's Torah. They take them outside of it. Therefore, those curses will before you. Why? Why then tell someone not to follow God, not to observe his commandments? You see what I mean? I don't see anywhere where we're supposed to do that. I don't see any of the prophets, seers, healers, redeemers, caster, adders, rebukers, priests, musicians, anyone in the Tanakh or the Torah who told us just to do that. So why are individuals taking it upon themselves now to do that? There was someone in the New Testament who told people not to follow God's law. You see what I mean? So are you following the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Or are you following someone else who first taught people and told people not to follow God's law? That the law wasn't for you. You see what I mean? If you are in Judaism and you are a Jew, we should be leading others to Hashem. Instead of like someone else who was in the New Testament who was le leading others away from Hashem. Does that make sense? I know that might be a little bit of tough love for someone. Someone's. But it's biblical. So there's no arguing with Torah. It is what it is. Amen? Get out your feelings and get into God. Baruch Hashem. All right. So they are the descendants of Lot, which were heathens, until they decided to get right with God. Amen. It too is counted as the Rephraim, right? Rephraim country. These were giants in the land. Now, these Rephraim were said to be at least 100, 200 to I think even 500 feet tall. There were degrees of them, I believe. I don't... I want to say I read or I heard it somewhere. The statue of their height was like oak trees um and if you read about trees in um the amazon or the rainforest or you know the great oak trees the ancient ones you can look it up they reach i think they reach up until like 900 feet or something like that so this is who god's how do i say this when god sent the armies of the Moabites or the Ananites or um, the Edomites out there to battle. Only God leading them 
God was with them. Don't fear, I go out before you. Amen. Only God could help them. I don't know if those humans were our size or not, but think about it. I don't see without God's help me being able to fight off someone that's over two or 300 feet tall. Does that make sense? Amen. So I encourage others, like, when we think about these things, we have to think about it as in biblical times, first century times. And then we'll understand that they were only able to do that because God was with them. And if God was with them, it's because they were hearkening on to his voice. If they were hearkening on to God's voice, they had accepted his covenant and accepted his Torah. Amen. It was too counted as a Rephaim country and formerly inhabited by the Rephaim, who the Ammonites called Zemzebun, which is another name for one of the fallen angels from Enoch Sick. Six. Sick. <laughs> a people great and numerous, as tall as the Ancanonites or Anunnakis, wiped them out so that the Ammonites disposed of them. They did the will of our father disposed of them and then took over their land the same thing that god is going to have the nation of israel do when it comes to who the canaanites and their clans this is why we went over this in um deuteronomy chapter one we revisited the corruption of man's dna the sons of god choosing to leave the first habitation to go into the daughters of men and creating giants in the land this is why we went over this as God did for the descendants of Esau who lived in Zaire by wiping out the Horites before them, God did this, so that they disposed of them and settled in their place, as still the case until this day. Amen? But Marie, even the heathens seem to be under the law of God. Yes, this is what I've been saying. This is what I've been saying. Even the ill-bred, yes, even the ill-bred, um incestuous descendants of Lot. Yes, even those who is a product of incestuous rape because his daughters got him drunk and raped him. You see what I'm saying? Don't don't uh diminish the sexual assault that happened there. That's straight up what it was. You see what I mean? Individuals like try to lessen it because it was a man being violated, but a, vi a sexual violation is a sexual violation it is a perversion it was something taught um to the daughters of men and their descendants by the following angels because they are always trying to pervert and corrupt dna hmm. the moabites the ananites are the descendants of Locke. remember in last class when i said that sarah is remembered as a mother of nations because unlike lot's wife she never looked back well Remember, after Lot's wife looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. Remember this? Remember the wine rape <laughs> of Lot and his daughters? That whole nasty thing? But wait for it. That's where we get the term baby daddy from. That is where we get the term baby daddy from. So, children of God, stop using that term baby daddy. Because that's where it comes from ancestral rape that the daughters of Lot did to their baby daddy. Don't do that. Amen? All right. Well, this leads me to wondering about the genealogy of Lot because Lot wasn't 
the bloodline son of Abraham, right? But he was the nephew or cousin or adopted son of Abraham. Well, let's look into this. Why was he such a pervert? Where did this come from? Because perverts breed perverts. We can see this in Lot's daughters choosing to rape their father instead of deciding to go look around in the fields to find a man to procreate with and make offspring. Let's be honest. Was Lot the only cousin-ish, brother-ish, son-ish relative of Abraham? How could Lot have been or have a covenant with God if not Abraham, if not of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob? Let's remember, God made covenant with every single thing or person he created from the very beginning, before and after the flood. Forever means forever. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? Have you guys ever seen that movie Sandlot? Sandlot? Forever. <laughs> okay, I digress. Let's move along. Adam beget Seth, beget Enos, beget e Enon, beget Mahael, beget Jared, beget Enoch, beget um, Matthew, Math, Meth, Yul, Shalah, beget Lemach, beget Noah, beget Shem, beget Arpek Shad, beget Shalah, beget Ebar, beget Lebeg, beget Reu, beget Shugal, beget Nochar, Nechar, beget Tera, beget Haran, who beget Lot. Now we have the Am, the Moabites and the Ammonites, right? So we took a look back. We can see that it began with the covenant of Adam. Now we can see in here some of these bloodline ancestors of Lot were obviously right with God. Somewhere along the line, I believe it started with uh, a little after Shem, correct me if I'm wrong. That's when individuals started to kind of mix with the Canaanites and then give into pagan, paganism and idolatry. And we see that with um, Terah right because the father of abraham he was an idol maker at least we don't know if he was an idol worshiper but most likely yes because he made him and he was so upset with abraham if you read uh the jewish literature and folklores um he was so upset with abraham that he had the audacity to throw some of them in the fire and and break and mash and crash and bash them and then his father came in and was like what is going on here and he said they all got in a fight and started arguing with each other this is abraham <laughs> abraham telling his dad the idols decided to fight each other the wood and the stone ones and now they're all broken up and that's why they're laying on the floor right and then abraham's father was like you're crazy. They can't do that. They're stone and wood. And then Abraham's exactly. Then why are we praying and bowing down to them? You hear that? Exactly. Then why are we praying and bowing down to them? That makes me believe that Abraham's father was possibly a pagan idolater. And that's why God said, Abraham, get away from your ancestors and your land and blah, 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 blah. You see what I mean? 
But let's say, oh, let's say it began with Shem. And let's count the generations. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then Lot would be ten. So that keeps in with the biblical um, text that down to ten generations, for those who hate the Lord and serve other idols and all that, curses will before them. I believe that's why Lot had perversity in his bloodline DNA because somewhere after Shem, someone was sexually perverse, someone was into idolatry and so on, right? But I also believe that's why Lot's descendants, the, Moabite, the Moabites and the um, Ammonites, were able to make a willful, intentional repentance and God accepted their covenant and they accepted their, God's Torah and then God sent them out on a mission to conquer and subdue a land, hello, as repeated what happened with Adam. You see what I mean? And then that's why God gave them the land as that territory because they listened and hearkened on to God's voice. And that's what I believe. Others might see it differently. Please feel free to always confirm with the great I am. Oh, it's your baby, baby. All right, I'm in. All right. So when we take a look back, as I said, God made covenant with everything he created from the very beginning, before and after the flood. And this is why I say that. All right. Genesis chapter 8, verses 15 through 22. And chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. And no, and God spoke to who? To Noah, saying, Come out from the ark together with your wife and your sons, right? Person, families, create nations, covenant with God. Bring out with you everything, animals, two by two, two by seven, right? Clean and unclean, they were all in there. Bring out every living thing of all flesh, which is with you, birds, animals, and everything that creeps on the earth. Let them swarm on the earth and be fertile and increase the earth. Command, word, Torah. You mean even animals? God gives a Torah? Yes. I don't, I honestly think it is along the same lines. I believe birds dogs cats whales whatever i do believe they celebrate the biblical feast i know people might not believe this but i believe somehow god set them free from something and i believe it began with the flood because remember what was going on at that time bestiality sexual perversion with the fruits of plants and the animals that is exactly what was going on in the land of egypt too you see what i mean and I believe this is why God made a covenant with every single thing because he put his breath of life into every single thing he created. But also God set every single thing that he made covenant with after they went against him. He renewed, not a new covenant, renewed the covenant with them. And yes, I believe this even for the earth and I believe this even for the animals, for the birds and the trees, for the flowers and the bees, for everything God is a sovereign ruling God. Hello. He is the law and the law is him. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and the sons of and the and his wife and his sons' wives 
Every animal, every creepy thing, and every bird, and everything that stirs on the earth came out of the ark by families. <laughs> Covenant. Then Noah built an altar to Hashem, which is also commanded by Hashem for us to do when we are giving a land and a territory. We are required to make an altar of unhewed stone and plaster it, anoint it with oil, offer fruits, offer vegetables, right? And have a feast and dedicate that territory to who? To Hashem. And Noah does this too. Why? Because Noah knew the Torah because God told it to him. Who told it to Noah? Whoever told it to, to his uh, father and his ancestors. Who told it to them? Most likely Adam. And who told it to Adam? Hashem. Amen. All right. Taking every pure animal and every pure bird and offered it as a burnt offering on the altar. What are you doing? Hashem smelt the pleasing odor and resolved, never again will I doom the earth because of humankind. Since the di divations of human mind are evil from use, nor will I again destroy every living being as I have done. So long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest time shall not fail. Amen. That's part of our prayer. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Amen. Oh, my dog. He's so sweet. Thank you, God. Oh. Genesis chapter 9 verses 1 through 3 and verses 8 through 17. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitile and increase and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you shall be upon the beasts of the earth and upon the birds of the sky and everything with which the earth is astir. And upon all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hand. Covenant. Every creature that lives shall be yours to eat as with the green grass, covenant, as with all these. So if they were given into our hand, that would imply that God has control over every single thing that he created, correct? Okay. If they were given into our hand and God has control, Baruch Hashem, over every single thing that he created, they must be under some kind of law because they take orders from their king amen and who was the king of kings the lord of lords the lord of hosts the creators of every the creator of every single thing the only one in true living god the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of noah and jacob <laughs> all right and god said to noah and to his sons with them I have established my covenant with you and your offspring to come. And everything that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every wild beast as well, and with all that have come out of the ark and every single thing, I will maintain my covenant with you and never shall again all the flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood and never again shall by the flood destroy the earth. God further said, 
this is a sign that I set for a covenant between me and you and everything is with you for all ages to come. I set my bow, hallelujah, in the clouds and I have, and it will serve as a sign of covenant between you and me and all the earth. I will bring clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds. I will remember my covenant between me and you and every living creature among all flesh so that the waters will never again become a flood and destroy all the flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting, everlasting, one more time, an everlasting covenant between God and all, say all, his living creatures of all, say all, flesh that is on the earth. Are you on the earth? Am I on the earth? Are the plants and every, is every single human being on this earth? Yes. So God made a covenant based off of his Torah because Noah built an altar and dedicated an honor of sacrifice in a feast that is in the Torah, right? Celebrating and solidifying as a seal with that covenant. And then we have a biblical feast. This is what we do. We did it at Mount Sinai as well. So no, this is why I, shocker, don't believe in Noahide laws. I know this isn't a traditional Jewish thoughts. I know other Jews may not agree with this. And frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Gone with the wind. Amen. Why do I not give a damn? Because if it goes against Torah and I cannot find it backed up first on the foundation of Torah, then it is void. I don't care. Father, I'm not mocking. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm making it plain and making it clear. My, my solidarity ends where you want my compromising to begin. My solidarity ends where you want my ignorance to begin. My solidarity ends where you want my going against God's holy word and what I read and study in God's holy Torah to begin. And to interrupt myself, the sages do say anyone who turns away from idolatry and accepts Hashem as the Lord their God is considered a Jew in the spiritual realm. Just so we're clear. Jew meaning God's people, meaning he is in covenant with them. You could be someone in the middle of a forest, I don't know, some indigenous tribe, and no, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying someone in the remote outskirts of the outskirts, meaning you are not in a first world nation. You have never heard of a Bible, let alone know what a book is. But all of a sudden, you see that your relatives and ancestors' way of life ain't going that great. And you go out to the middle of whatever forest or desert land that you're in. And you look to the sky and you ask for God to show you what is the truth. God will answer you. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? Then God will <laughs> give you a Torah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if he did it with Abraham, he can do it again for someone else because God does not change. Amen. God is the same God yesterday as he is today and he will be tomorrow. But some 
believe and teach otherwise. This is why it is up to us as God's children, I don't care who you are, to read and study the word yourself. Don't rely on me. Don't rely on man. Because men tend to lean on their own understanding. Men tend to go with group think sometimes. But Marie, it says in the oral Torah that we're supposed to go with group think. Yes, it, it, it does say that in the oral Torah. But you know what it says in the Torah Torah? <laughs> the written Torah? What if Abraham would have kept going with group think? Mm. You see what I mean? If it's not backed up with Torah, the father of our faith, what if he would have kept going with group think? What if Moshe Avenu would have kept going with groupthink? What if Sarah would have said, Ooh, I know you're my husband, but you're going against groupthink. I can't go with you. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not saying be rebellious. I'm not saying to be antagonistic or to be argumentative. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, if it's not backed up by Torah, hallelujah, if it's not found in the word of Hashem, I don't care whose commentary, I don't care how anointed and appointed by they are by God. If it is not backed up by the word of God, I don't care what title or what mantle or what gifts or anointing they have. I don't care. This is me. You do you with Hashem. This is me. If I can't find it backed up in Hashem's Torah, then it is not the truth. I don't care if it's groupthink. I don't care if 5,000 sages say Noahide laws are good to go. Show me in the Torah. You see what I mean? Noah himself was doing animal sacrifice, was building altars. He had... A tabernacle which replicated the first tabernacle which we had as our first tabernacle which was Mount Sinai when we first accepted the covenant well not the first time second or fourth eighth millionth time we accepted the covenant of Hashem after we were set free from the nation of Egypt come on now do you see what I'm saying so no I don't believe in Noahide laws if you want to believe in it because your Rebbe your Rebbe Zen your Rebbe whoever your sages a blessed memory and present today want to hold true to it baruch hashem go ahead i don't care that has nothing to do with me what does have something to do with me is hashem's torah amen amen i believe god is the same god of yesterday and today and tomorrow i know this is not a popular jewish thought but it is what it is i believe anyone who claims the Noahide laws are for some and God's Torah is not for all is as he originally intended is bearing false witness to themselves and quite possibly taking God's name in vain. Yes, I said it. Yes, I said it. It is not backed up by scripture that God did not want his people 
that he created to have his Torah. If God made the laws only for the nation of Israel, and only the nation of Israel ever accepted the laws, then why did Abel and Cain make the first fruits offering? Torah. <laughs> if the laws of the Torah did not exist for all creation since creation, why was Cain killing Abel a sin? How could Cain even be punished on a willful sin he wasn't previously informed of? Torah. You see what I mean? Stop with the lies. Stop with the willful, intentional, purpose misinterpretation. Just stop. I can read. Amen? Stop with the Noahide laws. They're lies. Hashem Almighty, hallelujah, does not change. He is not a man that he will lie. He never forsakes anyone of any color, of any age, of any financial degree. He never forsakes anyone who calls on his name. Hashem has offered and still to this day and tomorrow offers the Torah to anyone who is willing to accept him. Baruch Hashem. Under Hashem's law is life and protection, for it is written. Which is another reason and proof why the Edomites, Moabites, and Adamanites tribes and clans were protected by Hashem, even though they were heathens of ill birth. They were even protected from His firstborn chosen nation, the nation of Israel. Amen. God sets up covenants and God removes hazards of protections. It is God. So stop with the lies we can read. Hashem is God and Lord of all. Especially for those, obviously, who accept Him as their God and His Torah. So stop making God in the Torah is some... Think unavailable or to seem unattainable. Just stop. It is attainable as it is written in Devarim chapter 30 verses 11 through 15. Surely this instruction which I enjoin upon you this day is not too baffling for you. Nor is it beyond your reach. It is not in the heavens that you can say who among us can ascend to the heavens and get it for us and impart it upon us. That we may observe Torah. Neither is it in the depths of the sea. That someone might say who can cross into the other side of the sea and get the Torah to impart it and teach it and read it and inscribe it to us so that we may observe it. No. The thing is very close to you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. Why? To observe it. I set before you this day life and prosperity and death and adversary. Adversity. Do you see what I mean? Moshe Avenu wasn't just speaking to the nation of Israel. At that time. At that stage and that age. 
Moshe Avenu was speaking to everyone who would ever exist and God would create. Hallelujah. God told Moshe Avenu to write this Torah down, the Sefer's down, so that later generations would receive it, read it, and know. And it would awake that beautiful spark in their mouth and in their heart. This is for me. This is my God. There is none like you, Hashem. Do you see what I mean? This is another reason why I do not believe in the Noahide laws. I do not believe in the false, lying, fake grace, made up grace of Christianity or any other religion out there. I do not believe in this. I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because he is the same God yesterday as he is today and he will be tomorrow. Amen. This is why his word has lasted. This is why his nation has lasted. And this is why his nation will always be. Because our God will always be. And anyone who tries to take Hashem, keep Hashem away from them. Keep the Torah away from them. I am not in agreement with. My solidarity ends where you want my compromising, my avoidance, my blindness, my muteness, my deafness to begin. Amen? Amen. I encourage others to read the rest of the chapter of Deuteronomy 30. In fact, read the entire chapter. On your own, in your own time, in your secret place, during your prayer time. Do it today, do it tomorrow, do it right now. Hallelujah. There's no doubt in my mind when you read, you shall see what I have seen. God has made an offer to you of his Torah. He made it for all, but not all except. There is no such thing of no longer under the law. There is no such thing as Noahide only laws. That is fake, bogus, false. Amen? There is only one true thing. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and his Torah, which is his word. Amen? After Hashem offers a covenant of Torah to a person, place, or thing, we see a pattern, a wonderful pattern of Hashem because he's the same God. He offers life, provision, protection, hallelujah, just to name a few. But also, after this, after he offers the Torah and the Torah is accepted by a person, place, thing, or nation, those are sent on a task. We see it time and time again. God presented the Torah to Adam and Eve, and then they are given a task and assignment. Be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. Baruch Hashem, right? <laughs> Same thing with Abraham. Amen. A blessed memory. He accepted the Torah. He is sent out on a mission. Amen. Same thing with Moshe Avenu. He accepted the Torah. He is sent out on a mission. Same thing with the nation of Israel. The same thing with the Anamites, the Enamites, and the Ammonites. Amen? They accept the Torah. They are sent out on a mission. You see those giants in that land over there? Go cast them out. 
take over the territory and subdue the land. You will then be close to the Ammonites. Do not harass them or start a fight with them. Let's recap this and you will hear it. For I will not give any part of the land of the Ammonites to you as a possession. I have assigned it as a possession to the descendants of Lot, Torah. It is to count it as the Rephaim country, the giants, fallen angel descendants. It was formerly inhabited by the Rephaim, whom the Ammonites called Zephuim, a people great and numerous and tall like the Ananites, Anunnaki, wiped them out. So the Ammonites disposed of them and settled in their place, subdued the land, be fruitful, and multiply. Torah. As God did to the descendants of Esau who live in Sire by wiping out the Horites before them so that they possessed them in the land that they settled in that place still is the case to this day. Baruch Hashem. God offers the Torah to everyone, but not everyone is willing to accept it. Let me take a That is a good question. Why? I don't know why everyone isn't. Maybe because they're dis not encouraged to. Maybe they're, they're discouraged to. Maybe they're told, oh, no, this isn't for you. This good thing. If something's so good, why wouldn't you want to share it with others? Come on now. Is God is God's love going to run out somehow? Is God's blessings going to run out somehow? Show me where God's hand has been shortened. Amen? Amen. Blessings from heaven never run out. He's God. Moving on. Devarim, verses 20, chapter 2, verses 23 through 30. So too with the Avrim, meaning I am. The Av, I believe that comes as a different mistake different spelling from one of the fallen angels in Enoch 6, who dwelt in the villages in the vicinity of Garsa, the Kaf Torim, who came from Creek, wiped them out and settled in their place. Up, set out across the widened Aron, Arnon, see, I give it into your power, the Shechan, and the Amorite, the king of Heshvan and his land, begin to occupy and engage him in battle. So God made a covenant with the nation of Israel. They rebelled, they wondered, but now he's renewing it, right? Now go into that land, cast out all those evil demonic abomination giants, right? Cursed be them. And take over the land and subdue it. Be fruitful and multiply there. Torah. Amen. Amen. This day I begin to put a dread of fear of you upon the peoples everywhere under heaven. And it's still to that day. Now you tell someone that you are a Jew and you are Jewish and you are into Orthodox Judaism. Literally the face of fear comes upon them. <laughs> it really helps. I think also it helps them see how they are into idolatry by praying in someone else's name. (laughs) 
This day I began to put dread and fear upon the peoples everywhere and upon heaven, so that you they shall tremble and quake because you, wherever you hear, they hear you mentioned. That's true. I could tell so many stories about that. Then I sent messengers from the wilderness to Keremoth, to the king Shaihan, in the Hispan, with an offer of peace as follows. Let us pass through your country, and I will keep strictly to the highway, turning off neither right nor left. What food I eat will supply for money, and whatever we drink we will furnish for money. Just let me pass through with my feet, not on horse as a conqueror, but not on a donkey as in peace, right? We were coming on our feet because we have come to tread and pass on. Amen? As the descendants of Esau who dwell in Sire did for me, and the Moabites who dwell in Ar, that I may cross the Jordan into the land that our God Hashem, our God Hashem, the name that is above all names, has given us. But King Shahan of Hasban refused to let us pass through because Hashem had stiffened his neck, his cup had run it over, he had ancestral sins of idolatry and paganism and so on. Remember, these are little big giants. They worship their fallen angel, baby daddies, right? Sexual perversity. So God hardened their hearts in order to deliver them into the hand and now is the case. Hashem, glorious and mighty one, explains that Moshe Avenu prophetically spoke this word of what will befall while traveling through Hashban area. The Avrin, aka Philistines, and the Kastorin drove them out, right? Because the land had not been rid of the Shehan king Hashban Amorites, they had to do battle with the nation of Israel. So when evil perversities exist on a soil, right? The land becomes contaminated, right? The itis. This is why the nation of Israel was charged in going to that land and having to subdue it. This is why we'll read in later chapters and books of the Tanakh that certain Philistines were still existing, certain tribes of the Canaanites were still existing, and God had charged later kings to cast them out by the root. When it is not cast out by the root, more branches of abominable ancestry continue to grow and prosper, right? And instead of the land and territories being occupied and conquered by those who serve the great I am and living peacefully and living in abundance and wealth and prosperity of every single provision that only the good great I am can and will ever provide, it is under abomination. That's why it is important to remember God is the same God yesterday as he is today. And when God sends out the nation of Israel to cast out of that land, he is sending them to cast out witchcraft, sorcery, and evilness that was put into that land by the demonic fallen angels who willfully chose to leave their first habitation. Just as God used the Edomites, the Anamites, and the Moabites, this 
is why those tribes were rewarded with land and his protection, Torah. Just as he did for those, because he is the same God yesterday, as he is today, and he will be tomorrow. Amen. He did it with them. Now he's going to do it with the nation of Israel, another nation who has accepted the Torah. Once they complete the task, they will be given a reward, territory, covenant, Torah. Amen. Moving on to verses 31 through 37 of Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter 2. And Hashem said to me, meaning Moshe Avenu, See, I began to place Shechan, the land at your disposal, begin to begin the occupation, take possession of the land. Shechan, with all his troops, took the field against us at Chahaz. And our God, Hashem, delivered them into our hands, and we defeated him and his sons and all of his troops. At that time, we captured his towns, and we doomed, placed under our foot, our heel, which is meant an annihilation of the population. Marie, how? No, 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 it's not evil. These aren't humans like me and you that are being annihilated. Remember, these are giants, giants that are between a hundred feet tall to almost a thousand feet tall that God is having the nation of Israel destroy. Let's keep that in mind because I feel like a lot of other religions, polytheonisticals, whatever they are, seem to paint it as if God was having humans go attack other humans. That wasn't the case, okay? God was having his firstborn humans in the nation of Israel, just like he did with the Edomites, the Ammonites, and the Moabites, go and conquer and cast out by the roots fallen angel offspring who every thought in their heart and their mind was nothing but perversity and evil. Amen. He's having humans conquer giants. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not humans conquering other humans, like others like to purposely misinterpret and pervert. That's not the case. The combats, combatants, happens to be women, if they were daughters of men who were choosing to be procreating and getting down with their fallen, demonic, evil, giant humans, then yes. But they were into witchcraft and sorcery and sexual perversion. Their DNA had been altered to such a degree they no longer resembled anything minute of what God had originally in intended and created. They were not human beings. We have to remember that. Neither were the offspring of those perverse DNA perverted daughters of men and perverted Fallen angel, giant, Nephilim, Anunnaki offspring. Okay? I know it might be difficult for us to picture that because we don't see that this day. But this is the case. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. I understand it may seem confusing because you're learning something new. But please, go and ask. The God of the Great I Am. I mean, the God of the Great I Am. Go and ask the Great I Am, the God of Jacob, 
um, Abraham and Isaac. And he will show you these truths. For God, hallelujah, gives wisdom to those who ask. Seeking ye shall find. Knocking ye shall open. Amen. God loves us. He's our father. He's our king. He is our ruler. But he was our father too. You see what I'm saying? Go and ask him, Abba, I have questions. I'm reading your Torah. I want to study. Let's study together. Baruch Hashem. Amen? Amen. We retained the booty, meaning the treasure, and the cattle, and the soil the cities, the, the spoiled the cities that we captured. From our Orer and the end of Arnan Valley, including the towns of um, Hebron, that whole area, I'm in, um, and Gilead, not the city too mighty for us, for our God Hashem delivered everything into our hand. Not Habren, that's Hebrew, excuse me. Um, so that whole area and that whole valley, that whole uh, territory, God delivered it into the hands of the nation of Israel. Torah, covenant. But you did not encroach upon the land of the Ammonites. Why? Because God said not to. As long as the weighty of Jabbok in the towns of the hill country, just as our God Hashem had commanded. That's why. Now, God doesn't want those who are in the covenant to attack others in the covenant. Amen. Um, how do I say this? In my observation, there are certain individuals of, I mean, let's be honest, it's quite near cult-like, who believe they are under the covenant of Hashem, the great I am. And they are continually attacking those that are actually in the covenant. And I'm not talking about converts and all that stuff. I don't do all that. I don't do all that. I, I can't stand that talk. I'm talking about those who are very arrogant. And it could be any label on it. It could be under the Christianity. It could be under the Hebrew roots move it. It could be under the, the black Israelites that I've seen on the internet. You know, those are the worst cases that I've seen. They are constantly attacking those who are in the covenant. But it's not just them. Let me put it this way. If someone is not spiritually in the covenant, they will attack others who are spiritually in the covenant. Amen. It doesn't matter if they are observing the Torah to the letter today or they haven't even heard of the Torah. Individuals who are prone to attacking anyone else are those who are not in the covenant of Hashem. How do we know this? Because anyone who is having evil in their heart and in their mind don't have a covenant with Hashem. They have some way, some line, somewhere altered, perverted DNA that is of the fallen Anunnaki, angels, the fallen angels, and all those. How do we know that? Because out of their heart and out of their mind is perversity and evil constantly 24-7. These are the people who are willfully and intentionally evil. 
from a variety degrees. Some will support it, some will just pay for it, some will just like to witness it, some like to actually do the evil, um, destructive, abusive acts. And we could see that with a variety of fallen angels and Canaanite tribes and Anunnaki tribes and Nephilim tribes that existed throughout times in the Torah. We can see that. So that is a little spiritual teaching. So if someone is wondering, maybe they have an anger issue. Maybe they have anger problems. Maybe they have drunkard issues or drunkard problems or uh, whoremongering or whorish tendencies. You see what I mean? If that is someone out there and you happen to come upon this video, believe Hashem led you to it, first of all. Because God leads others by his beautiful spirit to those who truly love him. And to help guide them out of their idolatry, their paganism, and their perversions. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a variety of degrees. We're all at different levels, right? God is calling you during this season, whatever season you're watching it, the season in your personal life, because we're all in different seasons also, to come out of it. God wants everyone to reach salvation in Him. And you're only going to get that through renouncing and turning away from sin. Amen? Amen. So I encourage others, please, seek the Word of God. If you seek God Himself, you will find Him. He will open up doors for you. He will open up worlds for you. He will open up a new existence for you. Hallelujah. He will change your DNA and change your heritage and change your future to a prosperous one, to a long life and longevity in and through Him. Amen. And us that are already in the covenant with Hashem, this is part of our duty while we are here to lead others to Hashem. How do we know this? Did Abraham not invite Lot, even though Lot was a heathen? <laughs> Abraham invited Lot. You see what I mean? Well, that's only one person. It has to be established out of the mouth of two or three. Great, Moshe Avenu. Did Moshe Avenu invite a couple of people? He invited his father-in-law and he invited his brother-in-law to be in the covenant. There you go. He also didn't even go out on his first initial task until he brought his brother Aaron with him and his sister Miriam. Do you see what I mean? I am not in the agreement. I know it's a common Jewish thought. I get this. But I'm not in agreement with it if it's not backed up with Torah. I believe we are supposed to not force. That's that's what that cult over there does. <laughs> no, thank you. We're supposed to be a light of the world. And we're supposed to be leading others to Hashem and teaching them Torah. And it starts in a variety of ways. It could start with saying good morning. 
It could start with saying hi. It could start with a wave brightening someone's day. It could start by saying, oh, you got a new suit. That's nice. You got a new dress. You look wonderful in that. You know, mostly women say that to other women. I say it all the time to other women. You see what I mean? It starts by being kind. It starts by not saying an evil word to someone who's speaking evil or falsely to you. You know, God will humble them. Trust in God. It starts with us trying to. Don't be putting it off on everyone else as if we don't have some cards to play in this game. God gave us free will. Will we do the will of our Father who is in heaven? Or will we give ways to groupthink and the ways of the world? I, no thank you. No thank you. Not on this matter. Nope. Nope, absolutely not. As many people who are willing, lovingly, to hear about Hashem, 100%. I'm going to talk with them about Hashem and His Word. I'm going to do my best to meet them at their level and lead them to Hashem. Why? Because there are so many out there. Well, one, because I love Hashem. <laughs> First and foremost. But two... I believe Hashem sent so many out there to come and get me. And he did it through a variety of ways in a variety of years. I'm only now realizing. And I regret not listening earlier. 100% Teshuva, right? This is part of that Teshuva. But what if. They had never been there to introduce me to Judaism and help me research and help me learn and help me find my ancestral line and help me learn of the Torah and help lead me to Hashem and turn away from the ways of the world, idolatry and paganism and all that. What if? What if they had given into group think and been like, you don't want this. Go go over there and do the no hot thing. This isn't for you. Go. You, you see what I mean? When I pray, I pray for God to bless every and anyone who said anything kind to me ever. Who thought of me kindly ever. Who will ever think kindly or say anything kindly to me. But I especially pray with my whole heart for Hashem to bless those individuals and their descendants for anyone who helped teach me about Torah or in their understanding, the Old Testament. I do. I don't care if they're into Christianity because they did the best that they could do in the moment and season of their life that they were in. And that helped Baruch Hashem lead me to this place. Marie, is that scriptural to do something like that? I believe so. Where can we find this? Joseph. <laughs> you can get a lot of things out of beautiful story of Joseph, man. Joseph went through it. He went through the most. And when he was standing there before his brothers, he wasn't bitter. He wasn't angry. He wasn't revengeful. No. He said, don't fear me. Don't be dismayed. Don't even think anything negative. Because all of those things negative 
and positive that happened happened by the order of Hashem because he's a sovereign ruling God so we could be here to meet this day. Amen? Amen. In conclusion of the Torah study, yeah, I believe we can now understand why I felt necessary to review the lineage of the fallen angels in relation to their later descendants, the Canaanites, the Anunnaki's, all those tribes and clans of the fallen angel offspring. I believe it was vital for a variety of reasons, but mainly to clear up some misconceptions about God. God is not a pushover or a sissy, but he is also not an evil troll. Therefore, when we read in future texts about men and women and children being cast out by the root, being thrown against the stone, we have to keep in mind these weren't everyday men and women like you and me, no. Those were the evil demonic giants that were the fallen angel babies or offspring. Those fallen angel babies were nothing but concentrated, pure, unadulterated perversity and evil. It was a debauchery that their ongoings went. And the debauchery that's going on today is nothing at the level of evil and hatred that those things had for humanity humanity in biblical times so if you think things are going on in certain areas with certain mindsets and certain blunt signs that are uh evil today it's nothing compared to what was going on in biblical times so yes when god sends the nation of the mobites or the edomites or the Ammonites, and now the nation of israel and so on to cast out these evils by the roots Thus says the Lord of hosts, I believe it's a good thing. Keep this word in mind. God is going to have nations today, even right now, Ukraine. He is having a nation cast evil out by the root. Europe, Great Britain, he is having evil cast out by the root. Um, America, north and south, everything in between. Thus says the Lord, God of hosts. He will have evil cast out by the root. And all those that are doing idolatries and paganism and the golden calf and sexual perversions. They will perish in the desert because that is what happens in order for a land to prosper and heal based off the word of hashem evil will be cast out by the root at every single level and if anyone has ever been a gardener and know i'm not the greatest when you pull something out by the root right it goes down to the smallest end Fallen angels and giants had plenty of time to repent. Yes, I do believe fallen angels and giants had plenty of time to repent because it is not the order or want of our God for anything or the wicked to perish. I don't believe that. And if you believe that God is the same God yesterday as he is today and he will be tomorrow, then you have to believe 
in some way, shape, or form that when anything transgresses, God gives those things an opportunity to make Teshua repent and come back onto Him. Baruch Hashem. Of every creation, including the angels or the giants. I believe it. Why? Because the fallen angels didn't start out as falling angels. Just like Lot didn't start out as a nasty, no good pervert. You see? Just putting it out there. Everyone has a choice and everything has a choice. This is what I believe. Always confirm with Hashem. They have a choice to accept Torah. To turn from evil and do good. Even choose this day who you will serve. In any case, some will choose life in Torah with Hashem, and sadly, some will choose the sword. Amen and amen. Baruch Hashem. And that concludes the biblical portion of this Torah and Bible study. Now, we will get into a couple, oh, not very many, a couple of Bible verses that I felt um, Hashem led us to just as a beautiful friendly reminder uh, the half Torah for this section of Torah portion uh, is Isaiah chapter 1 verses 1 through 27 and we did that in the last Bible study the link is hyperlinked in this blog so the words are hyperlinked in this blog for those who would like to go and read it and search it out on their own we already did the reading for that I'm in and I'm in so let's get to uh, the Tanakh Bible verses that Hashem pointed out to me here we go So what I normally do after I study the Torah portions and study the Tanakh, I open up my Bluestone Torah. I go over the Bible verses again, and I go over the commentary and whatever I feel the great I am point out to me, this is where I make my notes and we discuss the spiritual part of the leading of the Bible study in this last portion. Amen. So the first uh, Tanakh and Bible So the first um, Tanakh and Bible verses that Hashem pointed out to me are within verses 4 and 5 and we read in Deuteronomy chapter two as you shall command the people saying you are passing through the borders of your brothers the children of Esau who dwell in Zyre they will fear you but you should be very careful you should not provoke them for I shall not give you their land even the right to set foot for as an inheritance to the children of Esau I have given Mount Sire. Amen. Does anyone remember the Hebrew word for mountain? We went over it in last Bible study. You have to go check it out. I'm not going to tell you. 
Okay, I might tell you. I might put it here so others can see it right there. All right, let's go. Another name for the descendants of Esau were the Sherites. S-E-R-I-T-E. So we have the Edomites and the Sherites. I believe they were two different branches. One branch that decided to stay right or get right with God and stay right with God. And then one branch who decided to do evil. I believe the branch that decided to do evil was the branch that Hashem was talking about in the Bible verse of Malachi that we went over. Where it said, but Esau I hated and he made his dry land a desolate place for the jackals and so on. I believe that's what happened, but always confirm with Hashem. Amen. The next Bible or Tanakh Bible verses that I feel Hashem pointed out to us were verses 9 through 13. Hashem said to me, you shall not distress Moab. You shall not provoke with war with them. For I shall not give you an inheritance of their land. For to the children of Lot I have given Ar as an inheritance. The NM dwelt there previously a great populous people tall as giants they too were considered Raphaim like the giants and the Moabites called them Enem and the sire Horites dwelt previously and the children of Esau drove them away and destroyed them from before themselves and dwelt in their place as Israel did in the land of its inheritance prosthetic so this is Hashem confirming this is what I do. I make covenant. They accept my Torah. Great. I got a mission for you. Just as the nation of Israel did of the land of its inheritance. So the land of its inheritance, the nation of Israel, is the land in the Kenna region where Hashem first said it to who? Abraham. Amen. The father of our faith. Which Ab um, Hashem gave them. Now rise up and get yourself across the Zered Brook. So we cross the Zered Brook. Amen and amen. Another reason, I believe, this is uh, my notes, that God taught us. I believe God took pity on Lot's descendants um, because Lot had not revealed the truth about Abraham and Sarah. Remember when Abraham and Sarah went into that land and he was in the land of Egypt during Genesis 12 verses 10 through 20 and he said, this is my sister. He told half the truth because it was really his sister wife, right? But Lot refused to disclose this information, which he very well could have. If he didn't love um abraham and sarah which i do believe he did i do believe there was some good in him somewhere right even though he was a perverted heathen in some places um <laughs> i believe this is why hashem rewarded uh the lots lots descendants or at least that is another way another area where the sages believe that so i'm in agreement with it amen verse 12 fun fact Mount Sire was never included in the land allotted to the nation of Israel. Aww. <laughs> All right. 
25. This day I shall begin to place a dread of fear of you on the peoples under entire heaven. The entire heaven, meaning the entire world. I believe this is a prosthetic Bible verse. Amen. When they hear of your reputation, right, they will tremble and be anxious before you. Ain't that the truth? I can testify in the name of the Lord, amen, that the moment I tell individuals, and I don't just go and say, hey, I'm Orthodox Judaism now, woo woo. I don't go and say that. But if someone asks me, I'm not going to deny my relationship with Hashem, just like I wouldn't expect anyone to deny their pagan idolatry uh, relationship, and they don't, right? And a lot of people don't deny their sexual perversions. They prostate that disgusting, abominable lifestyle before us, right? We see it all the time. So, in the same respect, if someone says, this came up the other day. They're like, we haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, it's the high holidays. So, I've been very busy. You know, I've been studying. I've been praying. We have a lot of prayers, a lot of stuff. Um, and I love doing it. Everyone has different levels of observance and faith. I teach and study Hashem's word. So I believe there is a baseline of where someone who is in Hashem's covenant, um, a Jew, an Edomite, a Moabite, <laughs> an Ammonite <laughs> might be. And obviously being an Orthodox Jew, I'm supposed to be here. Okay. Well... An Orthodox Jew who studies God's word, uh, gotta up it a little. This is just my belief. You might not agree with it. An Orthodox Jew who studies God's word and then teaches it on a certain platform that Hashem has given them, whether it's small or great, up it to here. And now you have to teach it to children and other people, so my observance level should be up to here. This is just my observance level. Imagine the people who are considered rabbis, rabbizines, you see what I mean? Everyone has a different observance level based off where they're at. Then, you know, I got a message from somewhere. Oh, I want to be a prophet. Oh, that's awesome. You want to be a prophet. So if you want to be a prophet or a seer or you feel that's in your anointing level or you're a rooter or a caster outer or you're a dreamer or a singer of songs or you write, you see what I mean? This is the baseline. This is this is just being Torah observant. I'm not saying perfect. I'm saying Torah observant. This is the baseline. If you want the anointings and appointings that come with it, you're going to need that separation, that sanctification, that refining process in the fire, make you sparkle, shine bright like a diamond, make you reflect something of the great I am like gold. You see what I mean? The gold of the tabernacle. Amen. Baruch Hashem. You see what I mean? So, no offense to those who do the baseline. That's where that's where we're supposed... This is what we were created for. The baseline. Amen. The ones that we read about in the Torah and the Tanakh, they were above the baseline. Amen. So, when I explain this to individuals... 
and I don't explain it that way, obviously, because I don't walk around, you know, talking like this and all that. <laughs> At least I don't, I don't think I do. I hope I don't. <laughs> um, but if someone says, oh, the high holidays, what are these? And I send them a link or I share with them, oh, it's, you know, this is the season we're in right now. It's, it's said, it's said with a mild tone of shock dismay and disdain are you jewish you see what i mean and it is a level of people that i have heard that disdain shock and awe and dread from a variety of people and it's i will say this most of the people who are just horrified that I am an Orthodox Jew, um, they're just horrified, repulsed by it even, are those who claim to be in the New Covenant. I don't think they know that they don't serve the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I believe that because we were praying, this goes back to that story. I said, in the name of God, I'm just providing an example, I'm not mocking. In the name of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I said my prayer and I say, thank you for this God, thank you for that. Thank you, almighty God, heavenly father, the great I am. I know I'm in a crowd of a variety of individuals at different faith levels. So that's why I say it that way. I'm not denying my relationship. I identify who I'm praying to. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, Baruch Hashem. I just won't use Hashem because I have noticed, Father, that when you say Hashem in front of certain individuals, it irritates their spirit. And we are not, based off the word of Hashem, to provoke the Anamites and the Mobites. Right? Anamites, Mobites, and Ammonites. There we go. We're not to provoke them, so I try not to provoke them. We don't know who they are, where they are, what they're doing, so I do my best not to provoke them. They're claiming to be in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, so... Somewhere some line they might be an Edomite you know a Mobite but they acting like a Canaanite no I'm kidding um, <laughs> someone's not gonna like that anyhow it is what it is so and then I end my prayer in your blessed name amen I can't even tell you at that time right they think I'm praying to their pagan idolatry god that they have made up with their Rome Council of 325, right? So when they find out later that I am Jewish, the fact that they point out that they believe someone else's god, in my mind, reveals to them their paganism and their idolatry and their spirit. And that's why 
They get angry, they get bitter, they get jealous, they get hateful, they get scornful, they say evil, disgusting things. Are you Jewish? You see what I mean? Unfortunately and fortunately, just by my mere existence in their presence or their area or their existing in my area, God put me here. I'm in. We're in the same place. God put me here. I'm in. Um... It reveals to them their idolatry. So now, and this is why I sympathize with them. This is why I sympathize with those in Christianity. Imagine your whole life, you are taught a certain way. And then you meet one person who, by your observation, doesn't have a big title. They run around with a standard tooting a horn to or anything like that. They're just someone looking like the average Joe just walking in. Hi, good morning. You know, bright eye and bushy tail. Um, and then they say something. They live a certain way. They speak a certain way. They hold themselves to a certain standard. And above and then and now they said something that just shakes your whole world imagine the irritation in the spirit that is now existing you see what i mean that's why i sympathize with them because these are individuals who have had bloodline most likely bloodline idolatry and paganism in them that's in their dna that's what their dna is at so just hearing me if I were to say Hashem, it would greatly irritate their spirit. Marie, have you tried this before and witnessed it? Yes, that's how I knew I found out. <laughs> it was a demonstration to say the least. So I encourage others, you know, be careful. Be careful in helping others because they just don't understand and we're all at different levels and we're all trying to get to Hashem just some of us just don't know the way and that's why I believe this is why Hashem put us here to lead others to him amen amen so verse 25 the dread of people yes I have seen it God commanded under the heavens so in verse 25 when god said under the heavens the dread of people will exist the story that the sages speak of in jewish literature or rabbinic judaic thought is that um god commanded the sun to stand still on two occasions possibly multiple occasions when you think about it Whenever the nation of Israel was at war, God would command the sun to stand still and his fiery light, something like was in the desert during the time of Exodus. Remember there was a pillar of fire by night. This pillar of fire by night would shine during the day brighter than the sun when the nation of Israel was at war, battling and conquering and subduing 
and destroying, casting out by the root, the descendants of the fallen angels, the giants. Amen. It didn't just happen during the story in Joshua. It is said to happen every time the nation of Israel goes to battle. I am interested to ask Hashem, will we see that again? I'm kind of scared to ask. <laughs> I think we might. I think we might. Baruch Hashem. All right. And that concludes the Torah. Bam, bam, bam. Spiritual study. Amen. Baruch Hashem. I pray others got something out of this Bible study. I pray it blessed others. I pray that it was interesting and entertaining. Let's go ahead and end this out with a blessing and a prayer. Amen. The Priestly Blessing And Hashem our God spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. And Hashem, and Hashem's glorious, mightiest name alone, forever and always. Amen and Amen. Well, children of the Most High Ever-Loving, Living God, this concludes Deuteronomy chapter 2. You get the Torah, you get offered the Torah, but not everyone accepts it. Until next time, children of the Most High Ever-Loving Living God, may God bless you, may God keep you, may we all be forever written in the book of life. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me. You're